Luke 12, 35 through 40. And we're actually going to, I'm going to cover this this week and I'm going to cover it next week and I'm going to preach the same text in two different ways, um, emphasizing different aspects of it. So, because I couldn't fit it all into one sermon, so I just figured we'll split it. Better read in Jesus' name. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as I read this text, it makes me think we should have three or four sermons on it instead of just two. But Lord, we give to you this time, and we ask that you would Guide us through your word. Lead us into your truth, as your word is truth. Father, sanctify us through it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, really, there's just one command in this whole passage, and that's to be ready. You know, this is the reality as Christians. We're supposed to be ready. You know, and that's one of the reasons I talked about what I talked about with our profession of faith. Because these things are true. You know, it's, it's true. This is true. What? That this world is temporary. The manner in which we live in it now is temporary. It's going to be burned. It's gonna be, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be gone. So the things that we have in this world, they're going to be gone. Because Jesus is coming back. All the stuff that's in this world is going to be set right. Because Jesus is coming back. All the injustices that currently exist, all the frustrations will be set right. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. We will give an account. Why? Because Jesus is coming back back. He's coming back. You know, isn't that cool to think about? And yet, when we talk about that, one of the reasons why I actually, I know pastors who intentionally do not talk about the second coming. Do you know why? Well, because they're, some insert derogatory term. Um, no, it, it's, it's not because of some lack in them. It's because of this first point. Because they become afraid of becoming sign-obsessed. I actually have a, a friend of mine, I would call him sign-obsessed. Uh, I, I get communications from him fairly often about something going on in our world. Some bad thing happening. Are there bad things happening in our world right now? A couple of, some places. Not here. 
There's bad things going on all the time, all over the place. There's always going to be signs. And so this friend of mine, as he's looking at these signs, he has become so obsessed and so focused on the signs that he misses the point of the signs. What's the point of God giving us signs that he's coming back? That we would be ready for him to come back. But instead of being ready for him to come back, instead of him doing the job that God has called him to, because this, this friend of mine, he is, he is really a gifted teacher. He's a gifted teacher. And he's really good at focusing in on things, keeping, holding fast to truths. Instead of him teaching in love and in gentleness, he teaches about the signs. And that's all he focuses on. Instead of about Jesus, who's the purpose of the signs? And then people interact with him for a little while, and they're like, well, it's kind of the same thing over and over again, and so we're going to be done here. And so they stop interacting with him, and he has to find a new crowd to do this with, and it's really sad to watch. But what's the problem? He's focused in on the signs. He's become obsessed with the signs. He was one of those people that believed that Jesus was going to come back in the 80s. And when the 80s were done, he believed that Jesus was going to come back in the 90s. It was Jesus was going to come back in the 2000s. Well, you know, Y2K, that was evidence of Christ coming back. I guess I missed it. You know, what's the problem? Do we see a pattern here? Don't miss the point. We missed the point. And that's the danger. You know, the signs are important, and Christ has given us the signs, but he's given us in such a, them in such a way that we can't figure out when he's coming. Because when Jesus says, you're not going to know, not even the Son knows. If Jesus doesn't know, didn't know, I don't know if he knows now, he hasn't told me. No, nope, still hasn't told me. If he didn't know, why do we think that we're going to be able to figure it out on our own? Do, do you think, guys think that Jesus knew the word of God better than you guys? Better than any human being that's ever existed? And so when people say, you know, I was studying the Word of God, I was studying the Bible, and I did these calculations, and after these calculations, I find out that Jesus is going to come back in 2035. Like, you know, if that was possible, the Son probably would have known. It's not the point. The point is Jesus. He's coming back. Are you ready? Because that's the point. Be ready. Be dressed for action. What does it mean to be ready? It means... Well, it means what Jesus says here. Stay dressed for action. Um, there's a footnote there, verse 35. And so footnote four in your Bibles. Let your loins stay girded. Do you know why they girded their loins? Because they wore those long flowing outfits. And so if you were going to be doing something, if you were going to be up moving around, you had to Lift them to some degree. You had to gird them up, tie them up so that you could freely move and act in this world. And so it was a picture that the Jewish people used of not being encumbered by the things of this world. Anton and I were actually having that discussion this morning about our desires. Sometimes our desires control us, right? And when our desires control us, what do we have to do? We then have to manipulate the world so that our desires don't have control over us. We have to change the world, change our circumstances, our surroundings. Because if I have something that's binding me and making it so that I'm not ready for Christ, I probably shouldn't have that thing. Or I need to figure out how to work with it properly. Does that make sense? 
be ready. Don't be sign obsessed. Use the signs properly as a reminder. Jesus is coming back. You know, there's wars and there's rumors of wars. You know what that means? Jesus is coming back. There's earthquakes and there's famines. Do you know what that means? Jesus is coming back. And you know what promise he gives to us when we're ready? He gives us this just crazy. I, I don't know about you guys. This is crazy. Because what's the purpose? Where's the master? Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will address himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. This is Christ. To whom all, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. He says, I'll serve you. So what's this time right here? We serve him. This is preparation. We serve him. We're ready. We're acting. We're doing what he's called us to do. Um, have you guys ever, <laughs> have you ever given your children, those of you who have children or have been children, um, I'm guessing that all of you at some point have been children. Maybe not all of you, but uh, I was born mature <coughs> at a very young age too. <laughs> That's not true. Just ask my parents and my wife. Yeah, I'm still not mature. But, you know, you give your children a job or you get a job and then you get distracted or your children get distracted and you come and check on them. Have you gotten it done? Oh, I, yeah, I was doing it right now. It was over there and they're over there. Yeah, no. No, we know the difference. Christ knows the difference because this is the promise. When he finds these servants awake and ready, doing his work, what's he going to do? He's going to serve you. This is the promise of Christ, and this is really the promise of heaven. And I find, I, I, I think back to in The Hobbit, uh, when, when Bilbo gets to Rivendell, there's a line in there that's really quite valuable, and that line is that good times are nice to experience, are great to experience, but they're not much to tell about. And I think about that sometimes with heaven. Because sometimes we get lost again in the reality of heaven. Because what is heaven? Well, heaven is harps and clouds and heaven is all of these things. No, no, no. Heaven is Christ serving you. Think about that. Because I don't know how to properly preach about that. Because I know what it's like for Christ to serve me. But I don't necessarily know what it's like for Christ to serve you. And this is the, the culmination of this. And I'm going to talk about this again next week. And we're going to talk about this in terms of what this looks like today. But when we're thinking about our lives, have you ever had to deal with something that's difficult and been frustrated with that difficult thing? I'm just, I'm going to serve Christ in this. Well, my emotions don't really want me to. Or the world doesn't really want me to. Or my friends don't really want me to. What am I going to do? I'm going to serve Christ in this. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be rewarded for that. It doesn't matter because he has promised the reward. And so when we go through hardship and difficulty, deprivation here in this world, you know, Jorge talked about that last week. When we go through those difficulties, because with Jorge and Christina, where would they rather be? In the States or in Peru? Peru. 
Where has called where has God called them? States. The Minnesota. Oh dear. Hang out with a bunch of Norwegians instead of Peruvians. Poor people. So what are they doing? They're putting their wants, they're putting their desires, they're putting their dreams, they're putting their goals aside. They're saying, I'm going to serve Christ. Because this is where he has called us. They don't want to be here, but they know that their children are a greater ministry, so they're going to serve Christ. And serve Christ. And that's our call too. Why? Well, because they'll figure it out in the end. No, because Christ says, I will reward you. Will we always see those rewards here? Not necessarily. We'll get down payments, yeah. It, but that's where the promise ultimately sits. Because even here, all the down payments that Christ gives us, you know, is it, is it fun sometimes to serve Christ? Yeah. Is it always? Sometimes it's really hard. But you know what the promise is? the reward stands waiting for us. And so what's Christ telling us? Keep your eyes there. Don't keep your eyes here because there's going to be times of dryness. There's going to be times of distance. There's going to be times of hardship. There's going to be times of frustration. There's going to be times when you do not sense the Holy Spirit working in you and around you. And this, this is one of the consistent things that, you know, like my testimony would be one thing, but the church fathers, and not just like the apostolic fathers, they talked about this. We got the medieval church fathers, they talked about this, and mothers, they talked about this stuff. We get Luther talking about this stuff, and Calvin talking about this stuff, and George Whitfield talking about this stuff. And all of these men and women that have been writing and discussing these things for the history of the church, Christian age, even before that, because Paul or David talks about these things in the book of Psalms. You're gonna face times of dryness, and you're gonna face times of difficulty. Do those change the promise? Does that mean that you've done something wrong because you're facing a time of hardship? No, that means you push through and you keep your eyes on the promise because that promise stands unchanging in glory even though our experience of it sometimes changes here. Does that make sense? So why does Christ give us this promise? Because he says, this is what will happen if you keep walking with me. But it's not always fulfilling. So? Mothers, is your job always fulfilling? Kirsten, is it always fulfilling to clean up the living room after your husband again? Because <laughs> I'm the only one that makes messes in there. Is it always fulfilling? No. Is that the point? No. Point is the promise at the end. Be ready. Christ is coming. He is coming. If he comes in the second watch or the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. So what's Jesus saying here? If I had given you guys the exact time and hour of my appearing, you would have made sure that you're ready. But I'm not going to tell you. Do you know why? So that you can make sure that you're always 
ready. To be always ready. So then why does Christ hide this from us? Why did the Father even hide it from the Son? So that we can always be ready. Because this is what we're supposed to live in. You also must be. So this is your lifestyle. We live our lifestyle understanding that Christ is coming back and that he might come back tomorrow. So then how do we interact with our money? How do we interact with our relationships? How do we interact with our stuff? How do we interact with our future? With two hands and in two ways. One, we do not worship it because one of these days it's going to be all gone. Christ is going to come back and poof. But then do I just, you know, like those people that, uh, that think, so some, some guru, I'm just going to call him a guru because I hate to even call him a teacher and give him that name. Although that's just Hindi for teacher, so maybe I shouldn't even use that word. Um, some heretic, I'm going to use that one. Some heretic will rise up and they'll say, we figured it out. Christ is going to come back in seven months. So will you buy me stuff? <laughs> because isn't that the way it goes? Give me your money. Spend everything. It doesn't matter. Christ is coming back in three months. Spend everything. Sell your house. Give it to me. Christ is coming back. And then people do it. And they max out their credit cards. Why would you max out your credit card when you know it's just going to all burn anyways? I'm going to fulfill all my desires. Yeah, that's going to make you ready. But think about that. And that happens. That's not how we live our lives. Jesus is coming back. They're just going to spend it all. No. That's not a good steward. Jesus is coming back. I'm going to make sure that I'm stewarding this properly. Because he's going to have me give an account of this. He's going to have me give an account. And so this is where this stuff really, like, do you live this? When Jesus comes back, I'm going to give an account of my money. I'm going to give an account of my time. I was laying in bed, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, um, just spending some time in prayer. And God hit me with, you're going to give an account of being a parent, Joe. Do you remember that? Like, oh, I need to think about my parenting in terms of this is a stewardship that God has given me that I'm going to give an account of. You know, and on one hand, it's like, wow, that's a responsibility. On the other hand, that's a huge blessing. Like, I am not ultimately responsible. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm called to steward it. So all these things that we have, Christ is coming back. And if I don't know when, what hour he's coming, if, I, if my children knew that I was going to come and check in on them in three minutes, do you think that they would spend, you know, they have a half an hour and at the end of that half an hour they're supposed to be cleaning. How much of that half an hour do you think they'd be cleaning? Um, five minutes? Boy, you guys are generous. Think about that though. Isn't that the way it is? I'm just going to do what I want during this time and I'm going to do what he wants during this time and he'll think that I've been doing it the whole time. Yeah, that's, no, yeah, it's, it's the way we are. It's the way I am. You guys are probably all more mature than me then you don't have to worry about this. But why does Christ say, I'm coming back, be ready all the time? Because we don't know. And so now I actually have a way by which I can measure my stewardship. Am I living with this in a way that I'm ready for Christ to say just right now, hey Joe, how you doing with that? 
right now. If Christ came back and he said, all right, time to give an account, Joe. Am I ready? Christ came back and said, Rod, time to give an account. Linda, time to give an account. Paula, time to give an account. Now. Say, give me a little bit more time, God, please. Time is now. You say, I'm not ready. If you can't say, I'm ready, you need to come to Christ. You need to ask him, Lord, make me ready. How do I interact? If, but we don't just do this alone. So if, if you're looking at your finances, you're saying, I'm not ready. I don't know if I've been stewarding him there very well. And you came to me and you said that, you know what I would do? I'll tell you, first pray about it, then go and talk to Brian. Because God has gifted Brian with the ability to understand these things in a way that he has not gifted me. You say, I don't know if I've been doing this well with my land. You know, I've got, I've got this garden area. How do I better manage that? You know what? Go and talk to one of our farmers because they understand this stuff better than I do. You know, Ken is a way better gardener. He, he gardens acres. You see him out there picking weeds in his alfalfa field. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> Do you want wisdom with those things? Talk to someone who's wise. The presence of many counselors wage war, Solomon tells us, book of Proverbs. Because we're waging war right now. And you know what Satan's goal is? To keep you from being ready. That's his goal. He wants you distracted. Four soils. One of the soils is distraction, right? What happens to the plants that are distracted? They don't bear fruit. They don't die. They don't bear fruit. They're no good. Satan's goal isn't to kill everybody. His goal is to kill two. He's, he's going to destroy two. This isn't actually a, an ar- arithmetic discussion. But in two of the soils, they die. One of them, they become fruitless. He wants you to be fruitless. How do we become fruitless? By being distracted. How do we prevent from being distracted? By remembering Jesus is coming. Praise God. Praise God. He's coming. And at the same time, we get to give an account. Praise God? Or oh no. If it's oh no, Lord, you have to teach me. Because that was my prayer when it came to parenting. It would teach me to be a good dad. Teach me to be a good husband. Teach me to be a good pastor. Because all these relationships are things that I'm called to steward to. Any questions? So then, I'll leave you with that one question. Not the command, the question. Are you ready? Are you ready to give an account of the things that God has called you to steward? Amen. Let's pray. Lord,
we want to be ready. I can't speak for everybody here, but I know that in some areas of my life, I am not ready. So I give myself to you to teach me to be ready. Lord, to teach me to be free from the things of this world that I might be ready, that my loins might be girded, that I might be ready. Lord, that I might not be encumbered, that I might be ready. Lord, that we might be ready. So we look to you and we surrender to you and we ask that you would teach us to be ready because it's a call that's too big for us. And we thank you for giving us a call that's too big for us so that we can't rely on ourselves. So we look to you. Make us ready. As you are ready. Thank you that you are coming back. We look forward to the day when all the wrongs will be righted and that you yourself will even serve us. Guide us in these truths. Help us to understand them, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.